Hey everyone, welcome to the latest Green Section podcast episode. I'm the host, Adam Miller, USG agronomist and director of the education program. It's US Open week, so we thought it was really, really important to try to get Dave Johnson, director of grounds on the podcast one last time. This is our third conversation we've had with Dave over the past few months and really a cool episode to summarize kind of all the events leading up to get ready for the U.S. Open. And now that it's here, uh, Dave shares really a lot about the final steps for prepping the golf course, um, shares some tips on, you know, how best to watch it if you're there. Um, And thanks everyone involved, including all the folks uh, at the country club that he's been working alongside for the past few years prepping for the U.S. Open. Here's the conversation with Dave. Dave, before we get started, huge thanks for you taking the time out of your uh, jam-packed schedule to talk to us. Um, really can't thank you enough. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Now, I, we've got to start. You're a UMass grad, and unintentionally, we had five straight guests on from, from Penn State. So uh, I wanted to at least make a, a shout-out to, to UMass and all, uh, all your colleagues there. So And just let all our listeners know you're not a, not a Penn Stater. Well, five against one, that's uh, putting the pressure on me right away here, Adam. It's putting the pressure on you, but I think you're, uh, you're going to be just fine with that pressure. Bring it on. Thinking about all the years of work and planning by you and the entire staff leading up to now, how are things looking out there as you get ready to shift you know, full into championship mode? Uh, anything specific you're focusing on for your final preparations? We're just finishing up lead week here, and it has been four years of um, – you know, preparation the whole time. Granted, a lot of the work that we got started on early on was infrastructure related and, you know, turning um, some of the surfaces, trying to make them firmer. Um, So we were early on really focused on cultural work and infrastructure work. Pretty much this year and ending last year, we were focused on preparing the surfaces for the championship. So um, as I said in my first um, clip with you, we had a, a good winter here, a mild winter, so it really helped us out a lot this spring, not having to focus on repairing damage and things like that. And we got right into it, um, grooming the surfaces, uh, getting our top dressings out timely, uh, verticutting once the plants started growing and um, brushing, whatever we could do, whatever the plants could handle, we were doing it. It was a cooler spring, so we weren't as, as aggressive as we'd like to be, but these surfaces out here are ready for the championship now. It's really exciting. No doubt, tons of coordination and efficiency in court, course maintenance. You know, we, we need to have that at any championship, especially the U.S. Open. Without all the volunteers, staff, and maintenance team, you know, that you have, you know, we just couldn't pull off a U.S. Open. So I guess give the listeners a little bit of, uh, you know, an idea of how many additional staff and volunteers are participating and you know what are some of the challenges with managing all the equipment and logistics and job assignments you know with all that goes on to host all those staff and volunteers yeah it's a ton of work this is my first uh, major championship i've never hosted um i've been to the last three u.s opens but only for a few days just to you know kind of shadow the superintendents and the teams and observe take notes learn but all those guys are great. Uh, going back to John Jennings, um, right now he has three of his staff up here helping us out. And those guys have been unbelievable this week. He's sending us three more next week and three more post week. Rich McIntosh last year and Steve Rabadou, they're just resources and they're always um, they're in contact. Hey, do you need anything or anything I asked of them? 
the information gets turned right back over a, a tool sent our way to help us out. So collaboration is key, but yeah, we're normally here a staff of 30. We, we went up to 36 for the last three years, so a little bit more. I actually have some um, interns from our clubhouse staff helping us the last two weeks because all of you know the a la carte restaurants and other outlets in the club are slowing down because of the championship. So that's been actually a real good benefit to us on detail work. They've been doing things like divots and they've actually trimmed all the sprinkler heads and they've done a phenomenal job. It's been really helpful to free up my staff to focus on uh, running the tools. And we're bringing in a hundred volunteers um, from all over the globe, representing four countries, how many states, 17 states, I believe. We actually have six females coming in to help us, which we're really excited about. We're welcoming our sponsors. We have three big sponsors in Toro, BASF, and Tom Irwin, a local distributor. Great partners in helping us prepare for this and making it happen for us. The vibe here is it's hard to describe. Even all the USGA staff is are really, really excited for this championship. You're getting me excited, man. It, that, that's awesome to hear. Superintendents take a, so much pride in being able to help you know, fellow superintendents, even with the labor issues that so many are facing. So awesome to hear. Any sense of what your typical day during the championship itself is going to look like? Yeah, I mean, what we know at 3 a.m., we're going to start arriving into our volunteer tent. Um, where We actually have to shuttle a good portion of our volunteers from Boston College, which is about a 15 minute ride away. So we got to get them in here by 3.30. We have about 30 people, 30 superintendents and industry partners from the area commuting in. And parking here is one of the biggest challenges. So try to get everybody in at 3.30, four o'clock meeting and out on the golf course, our first wave of people by 4.15 to get through the 100 uh, job assignments. Get out, I think the fairway team will be the first one. 13 fairway mowers going out of the gate um, they'll be the first wave, and then the rest of the team's following thereafter. What comes after that, Adam? I know we have a night shift. We actually were providing some education after their morning shift at 9 to 10 each day. We're going to provide some type of education. The first three days of the week are focused on leadership and how they can become better leaders in our industry. Tom Rowan has um, invested in having a, a trainer come in and actually help help us all get better. So we're doing that each morning. And then in the evenings, hopefully some guest speakers before our dinner at 4, but back out on the golf course, 5.30, 6.30 at night, depending on play. In between there, hopefully um, everything's going smooth and I get to um, you know, talk to a lot of our um, volunteers, get to know them and other industry people. So that's the plan. We'll see how it goes, though. We always know Mother Nature uh, plays a role and, and can throw us some curveballs. Hopefully none of that happens this week, or if it does, it's it's something early and, and minor. For those that haven't listened to the first uh, few shorter interviews, can you give us a quick rundown, sort of the specs for the course, the grasses on greens, acreage of fairways and greens, You know, maybe some inf- insight in terms of uh, heights of cut out there? Really, really old golf course, obviously, 1882. So we have everything growing. Um, even in the rough, somebody asked me yesterday, NBC, what what kind of rough do you have? It's easier to say what what is not growing in the rough because there's bent grass out there, poa, bluegrass, ryegrass, but predominantly on the playing quarters are poa and bent, a combination, greens, tees, fairways. I would say 50-50. It all depends what fairway, what green, what time of year something like that. Like I said, they're prepped up really nice. Um, We've been focused on getting them nice and firm and smooth. So 
Our cutting heights on fairways are 0.300, a um, little tighter on approaches, 275 or 250. We were kind of playing with those recently. Tees are the same. And greens right now are 110, um, and we're using Toro Flex 1820s on the greens. We've been grooming the last three days, three quarters of an inch of rain two days ago, which were which was very welcomed. We hadn't had any rain for uh, in a rain event like that in eight weeks. A really good flush and uh, recharge of our soils. That's about it. Architect Gil Hamps has uh, did a master plan for the club. Club initially did a good amount of tree removal to start that plan. But more recently in the last um, 2019 and 20, we did green expansions and touched all the bunkers, rebuilt some of them in some form or fashion. Awesome. Thanks for that rundown. And I know one of the things you had mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the age of the course and how hard you guys have worked to, you know, keep it looking kind of that that old style golf course and, and the different grasses and textures that are out there and the rock outcroppings. It's going to it's going to really shine on TV. Uh, we take pride in it every every time we do something. And then I think, honestly, Adam, like as the USGA staff, as people are arriving here, um, a lot of people have never been to this property, but people have been here maybe a year ago or two years ago. Um, they're pulling in and all the work we were doing is done and the fescue is up and, um, you know, we just got it really dialed. So the feel of the property and all the structures are done beautifully labeled and uh, it, it's looking real complete and that feel is it's prevalent. Uh, right when you come through, um, it feels like it should, and I'm really proud of that. Heading into the championship, is there anything you know special course prep-wise that you'll add into the routine? Obviously, you've got all the volunteers. You've got the, the resources to do things really quickly, which is important at a U.S. Open. But anything unique that, that you'll be doing to the course this week from a maintenance perspective beyond the normal routine? You know, I've had a few of our members asking me, what are you going to do different? Um, you know, the typical answer is the rough's going to go up in height. We have been overseeding and really getting our roughs more uniform and thicker. And we've been, we've accomplished that goal. But some of the things we've done different, we do a lot of double cutting, even on fairways. It's something I like to do. That's typical. So it's on, that's ongoing, but we've been rolling a little bit more out into our approaches, even double rolling, trying to get the firmness up. Um, we have a big fairway roller in here. I've never done that in my career, and now I'm kind of addicted to that. Um, it's awesome. So done that a few times. Uh, besides that, just really getting into the details now that we have help to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, fairway rolling, it's actually, I'm at Marion right now for the Curtis Cup, and we had just talked about that. They've been rolling here, and uh, they they really like the, the finished surface for it. So it's uh, it's a cool tool to have. We borrowed one from the University of Rhode Island. It's actually an old propane tank, and people see this thing roll by on a fairway. It's enormous, getting, getting towed by a huge tractor because it's so big and heavy. So it's pretty cool to see. It, t- it takes the proper operator because uh, you could really do some damage with this thing. But it's working, but now that I've done it, I'm, I want to get a more proper tool in the future. With greens, are you know, are there any greens that you'll you'll treat differently during the lead up or through the championship? It's you know itself, you know, ones that are extra steep or ones that play firmer, you know, ones that are in tougher growing environments. Yeah, there are a few greens. They have basically more undulations in them, Adam. In their greens, number four, eight, ten, and twelve on the um, open course, and um, the championship team has. They're all over it. They've been watching them closely and honing in on how we're going to prep those because they need to be prepped a little different. And a good example is number four. 
I believe the size of the green is about 4,000 square feet. I haven't measured pinnable area, but I'm going to say it's 1,500, maybe even less than that. It's really sitting on a slope and um, not many options there. And we have the same thing. Obviously, we play that green all the time. So when the greens are running at um, pretty quick speeds, it becomes a challenge. On that subject, from a, a turf health perspective, small greens combined with you know all the expansion work that you've done, any specific applications that you've done to sort of you know bolster plant health you know knowing you're going to have to deal with lots of you know mowing and rolling and then obviously all the players and caddies and all that traffic you know the program's been in place i've been building a strong program for four years here so it goes back to the cultural work on um, deep tining right out of the gate trying to grow some good roots this spring getting our flushes in when we need to uh, we actually during that rain event we were out with wetting agent on the greens in the um, fairways in the pouring rain just to get it down and try to move that water that moisture through our soil profile so just being diligent on our applications um, and yeah the program's there so just treating the plant right and growing healthy plants going into this and they they look good so i hope hope they can handle the stress we put on them they will i'm sure they'll be uh they'll be awesome for the golf architecture listeners that we have, I think one really interesting hole in the championship is is 13, and I believe it's actually two holes on the Primrose 9. It's it's the par 4 first hole and the par 3 second hole combined to make one long par 4 to a green over water, right? You are correct. I don't know if this has ever been done before, but I believe the first green has been converted to the end of the fairway for the U.S. Open. Is that, that's also right? It is right. I know for the 88 Open, for the Ryder Cup, this hole was played the same way. Um, and all we did, I, re- I remember being in a meeting with John Bodenham and Jeff Hall and Darren Brevard last year talking about what are we going to do with this first green? It's right at the end of the fairway. And they all said, we're just going to let it grow up a little bit. And if anyone hits on it, they don't expect the ball to get down that far. We'll have a rule to pull the ball off. We haven't mowed it this spring but we're treating it like a green with applications and things like that it's grown up it's poa bent we're now up at fairway height with it fairway mowers have been out on it our members are actually hitting off of it so there's divots in it and it's blending really well adam it's looking better than i thought i thought it was going to be a a round spot of power in the middle of a fairway and i'm curious to see from you know from the air aerial photography if you'll be able to pick it out i don't think a lot of just regular golfers will be able to even see it yeah, that's that's really cool. It, it definitely will be interesting. So I know you've probably seen this too, where there's just some varieties of poa that just don't want to grow up much past greens height. So it's it's neat thinking it's up to fairway height. Um, maybe a little bit, you know, you don't want to think too far forward when you have to get that back to greens height. But um, cool, uh, cool hole there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. There you go. Great attitude. I love it. Thinking about the championship itself and, you know, tons of, uh, of people are going to be visiting there, tons of superintendent listeners that we have. Any advice for people visiting the country club for the first time, you know, good spots on the course to watch golf, cool architectural features to take note of, or, um, you know, maybe just a, just a good spot to grab a bite to, to eat or a beer? The one thing I can say is it's a very tight property. Um, the road system will be used for all the fans. They're 14 feet wide, so the roads are going to be busy with fans. We're expected to have, with all the volunteers, I think 25 or 30,000 people a, a day. So I would, my advice is to um, the grandstands that have been put around a lot of the, the green complexes are, they're really um, put in positions where you can see more than just the green that they're at. You can look over the back of them. Um, for instance, on the second green, 
You can watch the second hole, which is a great par three coming right up to the grandstand. But you can also watch the tee shot on three is right behind you. Um, you can't see him putt on three, but you can watch him down in the green. You can watch four from there. You can watch five. You can actually see the tee shot in the green on six. There's some structures in the way, but get early and get up high on a grandstand. And there's many of them. There are some other vistas around the property, some rock outcroppings that I'm sure you can find, but I'm sure other people will be looking for them. No, it's going to be so, so sweet. We're, we're so excited. Thanks for taking the time. I got one last question for you. Um, recently saw an interview with um, your COO slash uh, general manager, Kristen LeCount. And when she was asked, you know, what's she most looking forward to about the U.S. Open, she said, you know, showing off our golf course, showing off what Dave and everyone and his team involved has done, um, saying it's just been incredible to see the transformation. So really cool, first off, to hear her say a, a comment like that on the Golf Channel. So with that said, what are you most looking forward to about hosting the U.S. Open? Um, the thing I'm most looking forward to is this has been a long road, uh, not just for me, not just for my staff, but the club, the members, Kristen and her team, Brendan Walsh, our director of golf and his team. We've all done this together. It's been a long road, a lot of communication when the construction was ongoing. It took the club to get through that um, and commit to that. And our members have sacrificed a lot, but those individuals really put in extra time to let us get our work done and um, back us up. So I am most excited for our entire staff, our entire membership to enjoy this thing together. It's my goal to make everyone proud that has put it in, uh, put in the effort for this. So that we're all deserving and I can't wait to enjoy it with them and hug everyone at the end and um, just have a blast. Really well said. Again, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, I know you've got a million things going on. Best of luck weather-wise, and can't wait to uh, to see the place shine. It's going to be awesome. Nice talking to you, Adam. I actually have Darren Bavard knocking on my door. He's uh, We're ready to get back out there. He's my new best friend this week, so we're having fun. Nice. Have fun with Darren. Take it easy, man. Thanks for listening to the USGA Green Section podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also keep up with the latest content on Twitter and by subscribing to the Green Section Record, our digital publication that's published twice a month.